You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, we are going to talk about Aaron Rodgers, and we're going to talk about what Peter King said about Aaron Rodgers. We're going to talk about how that relates to a column that I wrote for Packer Report yesterday about Aaron Rodgers, and we are going to tie that all in to a fascinating study on what actually makes the passing game efficient and relate that, of course, to Aaron Rodgers. So let's start with what Peter King said a week or two ago. Peter King went on the Ringer NFL show and told Kevin Clark that he felt like Brian Utekins missed out on an opportunity to get Aaron Rodgers some weapons by drafting Jordan Love. And he said he's not going to kill Gutekinds for the Love pick in a vacuum, but that he felt like he wanted to see the Packers go out and get weapons for Aaron Rodgers. Moreover, he said that he believed if Aaron Rodgers continued to play well, that it wasn't fait accompli that Jordan Love would take over for Aaron Rodgers in a year, two years, or three years. Here's what he said. Now, as far as his expiration date, uh, I believe that if he keeps playing well, if he plays top five in the NFL over the next three years, that I bet the Packers would look to do with, uh, uh, with love what the Patriots did with Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Is it likely? No. But Aaron Rodgers and... Uh, And Matt LaFleur control that in their own hands and in Aaron Rodgers' right arm. Now, of course, he's just speculating. But when Peter King speculates, he tends to do it with information, certainly more information than the average person has. And he was very in tune with what was going on in New England when all of the Brady-Jimmy G stuff was going down. And he has been in tune with what's going on in Green Bay. He mentioned the conversations that he had with Gutekunst around the NFL draft. So he has at least a cursory understanding of the inner workings of the team and how things generally play out in the NFL. What I think is being missed here, and even by Aaron Rodgers himself, because I think Rodgers has been unusually resigned to the fact that Jordan Love means he's probably not going to retire in Green Bay. That is a little bit strange. Because if Aaron Rodgers plays well, think of what Peter King just said at the end there. It is on the right arm of Aaron Rodgers and then Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur to decide how long Aaron Rodgers is going to be with the Packers. Rodgers plays well. And 
we're not really having a conversation about this in all likelihood. Jordan Love would have to be really good. And what I wrote in my column for Packer Report yesterday was, look, if Jordan Love is good, nothing really matters. If Jordan Love is good, the Packers will send Aaron Rodgers somewhere else, whether it's via a cut or a trade, more likely a trade if they can swing one. And Jordan Love will be the quarterback. It's what happened with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Brett Favre retired. They were going to go all in with Aaron Rodgers. And Brett said, I want to come back. Ted Thompson said, bet not, and traded him. And the reason they did that is because they believed in Aaron Rodgers, not because they didn't think Brett Favre could still play at a high level. He was still playing at a high level and still continued to play at a high level after the trade, both in New York before he got hurt and then, of course, in Minnesota. And Aaron Rodgers could be in a similar situation where he's still playing well, but because Jordan Love has in whatever short amount of time he gets, whether it's preseason next year or it's a spot start here or there, or maybe Aaron Rodgers gets hurt again and misses a month or something something worse than that, God forbid. And Jordan Love gets a chance to say, look, this is real, and I'm real, and I can be the guy. If that's the case, Aaron doesn't really have much to say, but if Aaron Rodgers suddenly looks like the guy we saw in 2016 during Run the Table or the beginning of 2017 before the collarbone injury, then we're having a different conversation about this. The the leeway that Jordan Love gets, the range of quality that he has to be to be the guy moving forward is much smaller, and it moves much closer to the good end of the spectrum. If Aaron Rodgers, let's say, declines... And, you know, we see even just the level of play he was at in 2019, in 2020, and 2021, then Jordan Love is going to get a much bigger leash. They're just going to buy into the talent. And unless he's been actively bad, it's probably going to be his show moving forward, whether it's 2021, 2022, or, or whenever that is. But if Aaron Rodgers is good, if Aaron Rodgers is good, and I mean really good, then he is going to have much more say than even he is acting like right now because he is making it seem like, oh, well, he's, it's a little bit of, a, of an Eeyore situation. Oh, bother. Well, I wanted to retire a Packer, but I can't now. And it's like, no, you're Aaron Rodgers. What are you talking about? You can do whatever you want. If you're great, if you are Aaron Rodgers great, you can be the quarterback for as long as you want to be the quarterback. If Even if Jordan Love is good, if you are 2014 Aaron Rodgers for the next two, three years, then what uh, Green Bay is just going to say, no, sorry, we can't use you. Then Jordan Love has to be really good. He has to be really impressive. They have to love him to move on. And in some ways, that's the best of both worlds because then Aaron Rodgers, they probably compete for a Super Bowl in the next three years. They're able to get a premium package of picks for him. Jordan Love slots in. He has a good career because he's a good player. And you're getting that big return for Aaron Rodgers as well. Assets, presumably, you'd like to use to make your team better. Rodgers is making it seem like he now has no say. And that's maybe overstating it a little bit because he's saying, look, I can only control the things that I can control. Well, yeah, but the things you can control are also major contributing factors to what happens. Because if he plays well, he gets more time. If he plays run the table well in 2020, 
you're going to get 2021 and probably 2022. And, and for if for no other reason, then Jordan Love is just not going to have time to show the Packers much of anything except in practice. No offseason this year, no preseason, limited training camp. So what is what is the opportunity he's going to have? If Rodgers is really good this year, then it, it is at the earliest 2021 that Jordan Love can start showing anything. And what are the odds he's going to show enough to say, oh yeah, this is the guy. We're all in on this guy. This is, he is a stud. They may already think that, but it won't have been borne out on the field yet. So I I just, I I think it's a little weird that we have decided that Aaron Rodgers has no role to play here. Now, when Peter King says it's unlikely, I don't think it's unlikely because it's unlikely the Packers would trade Jordan Love down the line like Jimmy Garoppolo. It's unlikely because the level to which Aaron Rodgers has to play is probably too high to be expected at his age, especially with the weapons around him in this offense. Not that this offense isn't a good offense. It's just not the Mike McCarthy offense where you're going to throw it 40, 50 times a game. It seems unlikely that he would get to that level again. He is an older player now. Now we've seen, you know, Drew Brees has had a little bit of a resurgence in the last few years. Tom Brady is playing into his 40s and you can still win games. Doesn't mean the Packers can't compete for Super Bowls. But is Aaron Rodgers the driving force of that play? Is he the guy who is putting the team on his back in that way, the way that he used to? Probably not. But can he? Sure. We know he can. We've seen him do it. And if he wants to be the guy for longer than two or three years in Green Bay, the easiest answer is to just go out and do it. Just go out and be that guy. Now, of course, if it were just that easy, if you could just say, well, I'm just going to go be the guy, he would have done it last year. He would have done it the year before that. So it's not quite that easy. But in theory, that's the that's the plan. And so for Aaron Rodgers, when he says, if I retire on the team's timeline then it's all good, and if I don't, then there's going to be an impasse. What that really means is, if I'm not good enough, and I don't know if he realizes that, because if the team's timeline is when they're done with Aaron Rodgers, when they're ready for Jordan Love to be the quarterback, and that's the starting point for for Aaron, at least his perspective, if when the Packers are ready for Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers is not ready to retire, it probably means that Aaron Rodgers is not playing well enough to keep Jordan Love on the bench. And that's the reality. I mean, that is the reality. And I hinted in my column that maybe Aaron knows that and maybe realizes that it's just he can't do it anymore. He can't be 2011 Rodgers anymore. He can't be 2014 Rodgers anymore. Now, I doubt it. I doubt that's his perspective. I'm sure he thinks his skills have not diminished at all. Maybe he's right. And if he shows that, if he goes out and proves it, number one, more power to him. Number two, the Packers are going to compete for Super Bowls. And number three, you keep Jordan Love on the bench. Why would the Packers want you to retire if that's how you're playing? That's what is in the subtext of what he's saying. And whether he realizes it or not, that's dictated by his play. And so we've had a lot of these conversations, and I don't want to pin this all on Aaron Rodgers because you know the narratives are out there about what the Packers are deciding here. Well, the Packers are going to make a decision 
based on how these two guys are playing. They haven't made the decision now. They have an idea. They have a map. They have a roadmap to how they think this is all going to go. But they understand that there are factors here. And, and they have those factors as part of the plan. If X, then Y. If Jordan Love looks good, he's the guy almost no matter what. If Aaron Rodgers looks good, then okay, now there's this domino effect. What is, what is the status of Jordan Love and what is the status of the team? But Aaron Rodgers has still a ton of say over how this is all going to go down. And if he is good, that is the best path for him to be the Packers quarterback for as long as possible. It is still up to him and Matt LaFleur to dictate those terms. If his play falls off, if he's just the guy we've seen over the last year or two, the, the guy that we've seen over the last year or two is the player that led the Packers to trade up for Jordan Love. Let's just be unequivocal about that. If Aaron Rodgers were playing like he used to, the Packers would not have made this pick. There's, there's just no other way to put it. He hasn't been playing the way that we're used to seeing him play. And so if he continues to be that guy, you know, the standard is higher than what he's been the last two years. And if he doesn't elevate above those standards, then maybe he's right that the Packers and his timeline will be different, but they'll be different because his level of play dictated that they are different and dictated that the Packers are willing to move on from him. And when it comes to getting the food that you want, never let your willingness to get in the car and go somewhere dictate the options that you have at your disposal. That's why we have DoorDash. You want Chinese. No, you want pizza. No, you want a burger. Well, you don't want to go drive and get them. Well, that's what DoorDash is here to make it easy for you. And the thing about right now is these restaurants, especially the local ones, they need your patronage now more than ever. So support your favorite restaurant on DoorDash. You've counted on the restaurants in the past. Now they're counting on you. And while the dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings the food that you're craving right now right to your door. And ordering is easy. With 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local restaurants, your go-tos, or your favorite national chains, Chipotle, Wendy's, the Cheesecake Factory. If that's your jam, all those pages of the menu, there's something for everyone. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep the communities that they operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and no delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code locked on. That's $5 off your delivery with no delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code locked on. So I came across this interesting study. Okay, everyone's asleep. No, this guy, uh, Adrian Kadem, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name, he did this analysis of the, the impact of different elements on passing offense efficiency. And what he found was of four major factors, the quarterback himself, the supporting cast, the own head coach, and the opposing head coach, by far the biggest impact on passing efficiency was the play of the quarterback. Next, by far next, above the other two, was the supporting cast. A good supporting cast greatly improves passing efficiency, Adrian found. 
what he found also was a was very rarely does a head coach matter more than the QB. That's not to say that they don't matter. They just rarely matter more than the QB. So maybe in the case of Jared Goff and Sean McVay, but maybe not. And that a defending head coach, in other words, the opposing defensive coach, is the least impactful factor. Why am I bringing this up now? The discussion we just had. And I think it's relevant to everything around the exit of Mike McCarthy and the development of this team and the building of this team. So when we talk about the drop in efficiency from Aaron Rodgers, we have to, have to, have to, have to, have to start with Aaron. It has to start there because, yes, we can blame some of this on Mike McCarthy, and, yes, we can blame some of this on Ted Thompson, but from a statistical standpoint, this model says the number one impact of efficiency is the quarterback's play. And now you can say, okay, but how do you how do you measure for play calling and drops and all that stuff? Well, in the model, I don't want to get too far into the weeds about how he did it, but he tried to create random samplings and simulations so that a lot of that stuff was different every time. Okay, if we change everything every time, what remains constant in terms of impacting passing efficiency? And it's the quarterback. So... One of the reasons that the passing offense has not been as good the last few years, and not just one of the reasons, the biggest reason, is Aaron Rodgers. The other part of this that I think is particularly important is the head coach part. So when you look at the numbers, the Packers offense was not significantly better in 2019 than 2018. In fact, in a lot of metrics, it was worse. Mike McCarthy to Matt LaFleur. Now, in some ways, that's to be expected. It's a new offense, Aaron Rodgers was a master of the old offense, so was Devontae Adams, so was this offensive line, and they had Randall Cobb, and it was a a different set of circumstances, of course. And so we'll learn more in year two, and potentially year three, depending on how much the supporting cast changes. But so it is the case that Aaron Rodgers has not played to his standard. We know that. Changing the coach is not enough. Changing the coach is not enough. Now, the Packers didn't just fire Mike McCarthy because the offense was sputtering. They fired Mike McCarthy because two seasons in a row it looked like his teams quit. And it didn't seem like the team was making the necessary changes, had the necessary mindset, the necessary fire. It seemed like Mike McCarthy had lost the team. And so a change needed to be made. I still think Mike McCarthy is a very good coach, but a change needed to be made I wish him the best in Dallas. I think he's going to do an excellent job in Dallas. It does seem like, though, the Packers are counting on Matt LaFleur to do a lot more work than maybe they should. Because if Aaron Rodgers' play has fallen off a little bit, and it has, then the next most impactful thing, we're talking about orders of operations here, the next most important thing is the guys around Aaron Rodgers, not the head coach, not the play calls, not the play design, the dudes on the field. And if you don't have the dudes and your quarterback's play has fallen off, then 
you're asking for your offense to not be as good. You cannot rely on the coach to do everything. And we think about the best coaches on on offense. This is offense now. Defense is a little different. But on offense, Sean McVay comes in with Jared Goff. Okay, that's great. Sean McVay has Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, a really good offensive line, Todd Gurley, a, a stable of tight ends. There's talent there. Andy Reid is a tremendous play caller. He helps Patrick Mahomes a lot. There are a ton of underlying metrics that say, okay, Patrick Mahomes is really, really good. He's not as good as his numbers because of what Andy Reid is able to do for him, scheming guys open. He also has Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, McCole Hardman, a very good offensive line, and a stable of backs in the backfield. Drew Brees has Sean Payton. Yes, he also has Michael Thomas one of the best offensive lines in football, Alvin Kamara, Jared Cook, and secondary pass catchers who fit a role. Are they significantly more dynamic, at least before Emmanuel Sanders, than this Packers group? Probably not. But they certainly have more speed, more reliable speed, Tengin, Traquan Smith, and they had some more creative play calling with Sean Payton, but they also had a quarterback who's been playing better. Drew Brees, the last two years, three years, has played better than Aaron Rodgers. So the biggest thing that can help the Packers' offense in 2020 and 2021 and and, until Aaron Rodgers is no longer the quarterback is for Aaron Rodgers to play better. And then when the quarterback is Jordan Love, they need Jordan Love to play better because that's the thing. That is the thing. And, And it seems like it's oversimplifying it, but it's not. His play, the quarterback's play, is the most important thing. But it does seem like the Packers have undersold the importance of the supporting cast in favor of Rodgers and LaFleur. And I think banking on Rodgers to continue to be Rodgers, he's still a very good quarterback. I still think he's one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. Six, seven, whatever you want to say. One of the best. In a playoff game, there's probably only one or two guys that you could, you could put in his class. The supporting cast is not there. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, that's a great one-two punch. A great one-two punch, and they have a really, really good offensive line. But in terms of supporting talent, it's not there, and it seems like they're relying too much on the quarterback who's no longer playing at a level that supports that theory and a head coach to do more than head coaches can generally do. So... Maybe it's a, a failure of process or maybe failures overstating it. They were 13-3 and three last year. It is a little bit of a misguided process to believe that they're okay at the, the skill positions. You heard Kate Majuk say yesterday that she thought the Packers had a move up their sleeve because they couldn't go into the regular season with just the moves that they've made so far. It seems like that's where they are. And an over-reliance on your quarterback when your quarterback is not playing to the level that he used to is a problem. And, you know, the the Seahawks can do it with Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson is playing at the peak of his powers. And that's that's tough to hear for Packers fans. Can Aaron Rodgers be there in year two? Maybe if there's there's tweaks to the offense, if he's more comfortable, he can play better? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. We just spent 12 minutes in the A block talking about it. Aaron Rodgers can be Aaron Rodgers. And that is the thing that's going to drive this offense forward. Because they didn't invest in skill position players. 
And if they want to maximize Aaron Rodgers over the next two or three years, then that's where they need to go. And if they want to maximize Jordan Love, this is a lesson that needs to be extended down the line because eventually, in all likelihood, they're going to be building a team around Jordan Love. And it's important that that they understand when building a team that the supporting cast, I mean, look at the Cowboys, how much their offense changed when they got Amari Cooper. Just everything fit into place. The geometry of their offense worked so much better. It was still a very talented team. You got Zeke. You've got a great offensive line. You've got Dak Prescott, who's, who was playing well. You've got Michael Gallup. Well, everything changed when they got Amari Cooper. That talent is a huge deal, and it's going to continue to be a huge deal. And if the front office doesn't start prioritizing it a little bit more, we're going to continue to see this lack of elite offensive efficiency, at least when it comes to the passing game. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Uh, I just I do want to plug something we're going to talk about tomorrow, but I want to plug the article ahead of time. I've been doing this series on uh, the premium positions, and I put together a, a cocktail of advanced analytics to try and quantify the, the quality of play of these players using uh, metrics that are both quantitative and qualitative. So some of the PFF grade stuff, some of the sports info and solution stuff that takes into account responsibility and drops and those kinds of things to try and get a full picture, a full quantitative picture of these players. And we're, we, our latest iteration of it is the cornerbacks. And the Packers actually turned out to do really well in the, the cornerbacks with Tremont Williams, Jair Alexander, and even Kevin King. Yes, even Kevin King made the list. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow, but go check out the article. I have it on my page. Um, it is part of a series. Check out the earlier series, quarterbacks and receivers as well. Something to talk about as we head toward the season. I also uh, just got some Locked on Packers golf balls printed. So we're going to do some giveaways with those. If if you, I, I've, I've gotten a ton of notes from people saying they want to buy some. Where can I get them? How much do you want for them? Uh, something that we're going to do down the line potentially uh, if you are interested in them. If that's something that you would like and you haven't already let me know, let me know. Because if we get enough interest, yeah, we're going to print some and we're going to sell them. So I want to start with some giveaways and, and do it that way. But if, if you want to purchase some, let me know. And, and if we get enough interest, we will do it. And you can be playing with a Lockdown Packers golf ball. They look really good. I have to say, I was really impressed with the quality of the printing. Um, and it's my favorite golf ball. It's the golf ball I play. Um, I love it. And they are less expensive than Pro V1s, less expensive than any of the top tailor-made balls uh, or, or, you know, the Callaway. The ball that changed the ball. No, these are these are Vice balls. Vice is not paying me to say that, but I, I have always loved the brand. I think they do really good stuff, and they do it for, for a lower cost. So I will pass that lower cost down to you if we are able to, to sell them and, and make that work. Otherwise, I'll just give them to you. And we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. That's, that's a great way to let me know. Uh, you can send me a note, send me a DM, whatever it is. Uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can send them a DM. Uh, you can subscribe on Facebook. Well, you can go like us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920 341 3775 to stay locked on Packers.